0: Hey, welcome to Five Questions with Steve Moulter. That's me. Uh, This week's guest is Jeremy Oguski, who is a artisan potter whose work can be found all over the Boston area in different restaurants. He's worked extensively in public health in Africa, South America, and the U.S. He's the founder of the Boston Fermentation Festival. Uh, He also met his wife while he was working at the Peace Corps in a little country called Lesotho. And he has a one-year-old son. I don't know how he makes time for all this stuff, but he did invite me over to his fantastic studio, to ask five questions we got to chat about the struggle of balance in daily life especially with all those things he's doing finding efficiencies within restrictions the joys and difficulties of collaboration and you know he answered five questions of course meet Jeremy uh, what's the most difficult thing you've ever had to do in my life in your life yeah
1: I feel like, um, and I'm I'm getting better at it. So this isn't something that I've mastered in any way. But one of the first things that that I think about is uh, committing to a relationship. Mm. So being married and being married every day. Yeah. You know, like really recommitting to that. Yeah. Committing to my partner. Uh, being the best person I can. Yeah. That's difficult.
0: Um, what are some things you do to like recommit every day? I appreciate the way you put it. Like, how do you do that on a daily basis?
1: It's hard. Um, You know, think about, constantly thinking about what we struggle with as a, what our partnership struggles with, what our our family kind of struggles with, and, and thinking about that. Thinking about how I participate in our partnership, how I can be better at it, um, and how I can engage with it is a constant thing. I'm definitely not great at it. <laughs> I'm getting better, I think, but yeah. that's difficult. Yeah, that, that commitment.
0: So, what did it look like before? You know, was there how how hard was it for you to? you know, and forgive me if I'm going too personal, but how hard was it for you to to take the leap into, um, you know, a committed relationship and ultimately marriage and a family, you know, having a child, like how hard is that for you to, or how hard was it?
1: Um, it's still hard. Um, and my wife led me lots of ways (laughs) through that. So she was, you know, we definitely fell in love and, Um, she was the first one to say I love you and then she was the first one to talk about marriage and she was the first one to think about or actually discuss having a baby and I'm happy all those things happen. I'm so happy that I said I love you. I committed to her in a a mutually, like a monogamous relationship and I'm happy we got married. So happy we have a one-year-old baby right now but that's in... Retrospects, You know, that's like in hindsight, I'm so happy that all those things happened. But while they were happening, while we were making the decision, or while I was at least, um, it was a struggle. So she definitely maybe is wiser or (laughs) she just, I'm happy she brought me to where we are now as a family.
0: It sounds like maybe there's like some strength that she had that maybe you didn't, I don't know. You know, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but Mm. I've been in those situations where sometimes I feel like, Oh, I can't do this. And like, I'm with someone who's like, we're fucking doing it, (laughs) you know? And, and that's, I think that's an awesome, that's a great thing to have in a relationship, any relationship where you can balance each other out. Right. Mm. I mean,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think she's braver. Um, she's willing to, Try new things in some ways um she's wiser mm-hmm. maybe has more forethought than mm-hmm. i do um I'm, I'm thankful for that right on that's
0: awesome um Okay, so the next question will piggyback on that one um, how do you define being in love?
1: that's a good that's a really good question um, I mean my wife right now is really the the longest for sure longest relationship and really the deepest by far relationship I've had I didn't have a lot of other relationships before her so it's hard to compare although I, it's not you're not really asking for a comparison I mean I don't
0: it's <laughs> a tough one, man. I, that's why I ask the questions because I don't have any answers. <laughs> yeah, I think
1: it's different for everyone for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um Man, I I think, you know, for for me, it's being able to be vulnerable with my partner and open myself up, which is difficult for me to be honest. It's really difficult um to discuss certain things to open myself up to criticism, to change, um, like in partnership with someone, that's a big part of love for us. Right. Something I, I'm, like I said, I struggle with, I'm not good at, but I need to commit to being better at it. Yeah. It's, it's something that like I was, I'm not good at necessarily, but because I love my wife, I'm willing to become better at it. Wow,
0: That's a lot, man. I mean, like, I feel you like opening up, you know, you opening up to be criticized, like you're voluntarily showing somebody like your worst and they might be like, Hmm, you know, I don't know about that. Right. Or we can make adjustments or what if, you know, that's hard. You know, I've experienced that as well. And that's, uh, I, I feel you, man, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> it's a difficult thing to be vulnerable with someone who can, you know, you're giving the power to like eviscerate you potentially. Right. It's, I'm not saying I'm good at it. Yeah, no, no, (laughs) absolutely. But, but I don't think you need to be good at it to experience it. Right. Like you can, you can have a moment where you're feeling super vulnerable and you don't need to be good at it, but you're like, Oh God, here's my insecurities. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Please don't hurt me. Please don't use these against me. Yeah. Um, and even if you just do it once, you know, the feeling Mm. it's tough, man. Well, it is. (laughs) I'm glad you're still alive (laughs) and no one's crushed you. As an artist, um, how do you approach collaboration?
1: That's a good question because that's really what I do. Is col- everything I do is collaborative? I don't do anything in a vacuum. Um, I'm not. I don't really consider myself an artist because I don't make stuff for myself. I don't make. I wouldn't make stuff if, if I didn't have someone that was interested in it, someone that that I could collaborate with. So. For me, collaboration is, um, finding it. I mean, a big part of it is upfront. It's finding the right collaborator, you know? So a lot of people, they want to collaborate with me and, you know, they're maybe looking for a different person, a different potter or someone with different skills. And so I've learned that I have, I've learned what, what are my skills what I'm best at and, when are the best times to say, you know what, I know this other person or I don't really have what you're looking for. So a big part of collaboration is that figuring out if you're the right person for what the, you know, what your potential collaborator wants. And then, you know, the next part is just talking about what each of us wants and what we're good at, you know. So like I can I can kind of define the... The limits of what I can do. And then within that, um, you know, we can talk about what makes, what makes sense. So, you know, in the beginning when I started uh, as a potter, as a full-time potter about seven or eight years ago, people would come to me all the time and they would say, you know, can you do X? Can you make X? And my answer was always, yes, Yes, you I know? can do anything. Yeah. You know, totally. I didn't, I didn't have clients. I yeah. needed to build my Skills and my clients, absolutely. And so I was always yes, 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 and uh, it. I I learned a lot of lessons um, in when not to say yes, and who are who are good collaborators, Um, who are not good collaborators. Um, And nowadays, you know, I I still say yes a lot, but it's it's sometimes really freeing uh, to say no, to say I'm not the right person, or you know, in my mind to say this person is really difficult really X, you know, like they're not the right person for me. Right. They're not a good right. collaborator yeah. for me. So yeah. i it's like part of it is knowing who I am, what type, you know, what type of people I work best with and what type of work I make that will fit the potential collaborator.
0: So what, yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious what you do in those situations when you know it's not a good fit. Like how do you approach that communication with that person? Someone comes to you and says, Hey, I want to work. And you're like, You just know it's not going to be a good fit. Yeah. What do you do?
1: Mm, I've, I haven't figured out a great, uh, approach or strategy to it, but you know, it's definitely not personal. Um, I don't, I don't want to make it personal, even though sometimes it is, sometimes it is a personality thing. Um, generally I'll, I'll just say, you know, I'm, I'll, keep it sort of like about what I can and can't do yeah. technically. So I'll say, maybe I'm not, I'm not the best person, you know, yeah. I, I can't do what you're asking or yeah. Keep it sort of like yeah. on the surface, I guess. <laughs> so not surface, but like about, about the, the work itself right. and not about.
0: Fact-based versus emotional, right. Being like, I don't like you, or you looked at me funny, right. <laughs> versus this is something that this person does better. I think you should go to this person. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's it's just it is about personality. Like, um, you know, I had a project that went awry, um, not a huge, huge project, uh, a few months ago, and I should have. There, there were red flags, a few red flags, um, when I was originally speaking with this person, um, and in in retrospect, I learned a lesson because uh, this collaborator, you know, this client, basically, she wanted. Uh, specific pieces that, and she had very specific ideas about how they would how they would look in her head, um, and we discussed things. and I was a little more flexible than probably I should have been because I'm not always the most um, exact. I'm, Not always. I'm not the most exacting potter, so there's a variation in the the way pieces will come out turn out, you know, and and I'm not a machine, no potters no, you know, artisan is a machine, but I'm much less a machine than many other potters. Um and she is not that type of person. She has very distinct, you know, ideas about the way things will should be. And that's fine, like that's not a judgment. Um, but I should have noted that. Uh, and, and realized, oh, we're probably not going to work t- well together because then when the final pieces came out, you know, I made, a, I don't know, a few dozen pieces. She rejected the majority of them. And these were custom pieces, you know, like I couldn't sell them to anyone else. They had very specific, they were very customized. And I should have had the foresight to know that, you know, this this wasn't going to happen. And then, you know, she didn't want them. And so I gave her back the money and I, you wow. know, like I just made it right because it was my fault, ultimately.
0: Yeah, so, no, I feel you, yeah.
1: So I learned that lesson, that right. like, this he, type of person is not a good collaborator for right. me. Right,
0: and, and that's, you know, I look around here and I see the work and, you know, there's similar work, but they're all different. And, like, that's that's something I love about it, I think, is that there's, mm-hmm. each one is different. So every one that a person has or purchases, that's theirs and there's none other mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. And it's funny that, you know, you can have people come in thinking, that it it will be you know a replica each one will be exactly the same as the other you're not a factory as you said so yeah. it's, it's interesting you could find a client like that
1: but. yeah that's part of it um also part of it is um i mean i i put more of the fault on myself yeah you know i wasn't probably as up absolutely as yeah. i should yeah. have been yeah. or i should have done a better job at choosing my clients sure <laughs> sure
0: indeed indeed curious how as a parent you know how having a a one-year-old especially such a young child Mm. how does that affect the work you do and like how does that affect your approach to your work
1: um so i don't think he has changed the type of work i've made i make But he has changed the way I approach the work in general. Um, I have a lot less time these days, so because understandably, yeah, I'm taking care of him two days a week. But also, I want to be with him. I want to be. I have other things. This other like part of my life that's, you know, all of a sudden is changed. My life has changed, and the way I approach my work now is a lot more efficiently basically i mean probably a lot of parents would you know would say this um, i'm a lot more efficient with how i use my time in the studio so that means a lot of projects or or a considerable amount of projects that i used to do in the past that i used to say yes to or types of projects um, that were maybe more experimental or just weren't the best use of my time i've kind of cut them out and it was interesting i'm you know i'm doing my taxes now for 2017 And I made basically as much money in 2017 as I did in 2016. Wow! With a kid, yeah. So (laughs) and I, I, I'm with him. That's amazing. I'm with him two days a week. Right. So my time in the studio has gone down. Maybe you know, two days a week is like two out of five. You know, maybe forty percent. But I'm I'm making up the time at night or in other ways. But I probably I'm probably working. A quarter less but I'm making as much money um and m- my wife was like well she, you know she's she's like you're she's not surprised you know because I've cut out some of this extraneous you yeah. know or like experimental <laughs> right, or right. some of the funner stuff right um and that's fine you know yeah. it doesn't it, I don't miss it yeah um and it's I'm huge. just doing stuff that's more lucrative more consistent um, and it's, I think it's made me a more efficient, better that's, artisan.
0: That's amazing. That's it's good to hear, man. Amazing. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I have friends who do similar things and at a certain age, you know, kids come and, and how do you deal with the time? I'm always fascinated with how parents do that. So I appreciate mm. that, that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a balance. It's definitely, definitely a balance. I have a lot less time for, I mean, I've cut out time in my studio practice, I've cut out time for certain things in my studio practice. I've also cut out, like we were talking about music. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't haven't been see to a like. show in months. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's tough.
1: So, all there's been a number of things that I've cut out, but it's it was the first year, and uh, you know, we survived one year, and now I, I want to find time to figure out. I want to figure out how to find the time to in, reinsert some of that stuff, like live music. Like more experimental projects and in, in clay and uh, you know other things that that I haven't done in the last year. <laughs>
0: do you think that efficiency that you've sort of built in will help you do that? It's like you're all ultimately creating a structure that works, and then you can kind of find time to bring back those things. Do you think that's po- is that yeah what you're doing? Kind definitely,
1: of? yeah. I, th- I think definitely. Um, I'm figuring out systems. figuring out a way to be more efficient. I'm also just a better potter and business person than i was a year ago you know every year that i've been a full-time potter i'm better i'm like making more work making more money and i'm you know the not just making more work but making better work that's
0: huge cool um okay so that was like an extra question so we'll i'm gonna add (laughs) a proper yeah this is a bonus we'll do five ish (laughs) okay Um, oh right this is yeah 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 yeah. But I do, some of them are just five-ish questions because I'll, okay. I'll go too long or too short, just depending. But mm-hmm. um, uh, let me think. So I have like a group of 30. I want to just pull up my notes. I want to get a good one. But
1: you ask different questions, different questions to different people.
0: Yeah, I have like a group that I pull from. And then some of them just elicit really good answers. So it's mm. hard not to use those. Yeah. Like what's it like, you know, how do you define being in love? Mm. You know, that just gets great answers.
1: Um, have you found there's a certain type, like a grouping of answers. Like there's certain things people tend to say, or is it? Yeah,
0: sometimes, sometimes like the, the, um, the love one is interesting because generally if I, I haven't done the stats or anything, but if I were to look back on all the interviews, generally people reference vulnerability. Number one, when it comes to being in love and really showing yourself, right. And being in showing insecurity, showing desires, showing fears, Hmm. um, which is cool because there's a through line there, uh, fear as well. I think a lot of fear stems from irrational things. Like some people are like afraid of, you know, bats or something that like you're probably never going to run into. Uh, other people have deep fears about vulnerability, right. And being hurt or dying alone. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see how people's the through line of this whole project is. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to do is, Show the through line that we're, you know, we're all the same, Mm. like, and the things you say are very similar to things other people say and me too, you know, Mm. and that's, that's what I I love about this is that, um, you know, it doesn't matter who we are, what we look like or what we do. It's what's inside us that matters, you know? Mm. To be a little soapboxy about it, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> so are you interviewing very different people.
0: I'm trying. That's the that's the attempt. But I've it's for me. I'm very interested in art, so it's easy for me to go to musicians, especially because I am one. So mm. it's like easy to kind of connect with them mm. and yeah. other artists, artisans, and you know people who just like live a little differently from the norm, mm. um, which is why I'm fascinated with you know parenting and being an artisan. Someone who you know your studio is so beautiful and you have a kid running around I upstairs, see, you cool. know, and like I don't know how being a guy who doesn't have kids, like, Oh my God, how do you deal with that? Like, I feel like life just stops, you know? So it's like things like that. I'm always curious about how people manage, um, because it just seems impossible sometimes from this perspective. Cause like I'd struggle with my own life, you know, but, uh, yeah. having somebody else to take care of, I can't imagine. So,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I did, I felt the same as you
0: Yeah, before yeah.
1: before having a child. And now it's, you know, just another thing that you juggle, and right. figured out systems for it together like that's where it's really so it's so i was gonna say helpful but it's not it's completely vital to have a partner for me to have a partner that we can figure out how to do this stuff together because we figured out systems and strategies how do we like appreciate and juggle and like have this amazing son um and it's not it's definitely hard for sure but we've you know, make it work, yeah. Right? We did it. We're doing it. I guess we're do it. We did. It's over. Yeah. He's won. He's good. He's get a get a job. It's all good. But we are figuring it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was, it's just a process. That yeah. We did. change about my life.
0: Yeah. Is is there one thing? Broadly
1: speaking. Specific? Anything. <laughs> okay. However you interpret.
0: Yeah. And if you could make an adjustment, take something back, give something where you didn't. Mm.
1: One, one thing that I... One thing that I would love to be able to do is be able to do more. <laughs> so... I'm a potter now, but I had a, my previous life was in public health. Um, I worked for over 10 years um, doing public health, global health work. So um, I started out as a Peace Corps volunteer. That's where my wife and I met. And uh, we, we lived in Africa for years and in South America. And I was teaching public health and doing a lot of community health work. I did a lot of HIV AIDS work and in the United States I worked with young people doing HIV education and a lot of public policy work. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. It's something I'm still so interested in and really um, something I want to be involved in again, but I've I've taken another route. You know, the last eight years I've been a full-time potter and I've continued to do some health work, but it's been on the margins and i regret that you know I had this other um this other thing that I was fully committed to and I'm still committed to but that's not where I'm necessarily spending my time I love being a potter it's amazing it's such a privilege and 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 uh you know that I'm able to make stuff that people are willing to buy pay money to buy my stuff it's it's incredible but I miss uh my previous work too so i've you know for years i've been looking for ways to combine them or to do both and it's just difficult you know finding time is the first thing but also f- figuring out you know it's it's like part of it is priorities part of it is like the time you know to, to do to do everything yeah. so i i don't know what i what i would change is maybe figuring out a way to to do both the right.
0: stretch time. the 24 hour day into 48 maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I mean, that's, yeah. that's amazing that what, what is it like, can you talk a little more detail about what you did? I'm just super curious cause you know, I hear about it, but I've never done it myself. I don't know a lot of the detail. Like, sure. What does it look like when you're in Africa, when you're in South America? Yeah.
1: I mean, what I did, I was committed to improving the health of communities. That's what public health is basically like looking at strategies to, to, to create better health for populations of people not individuals and uh, I did a lot of different things so when I was in the Peace Corps um, I did like broadly speaking HIV prevention work in Lesotho which is that little country inside of South Africa um, so has incredibly high HIV rates some of the highest in the world and um, I worked at the local government level level helping them create um, an HIV prevention program and um it was an eye opening experience. I mean, I learned so much. I'm not sure how much I contributed. Um, I did what I could. Um, but I learned a lot and I met amazing people, met my wife there. Um, and I, after that, I I spent years teaching public health, um, where I was doing a lot of health education on the ground. I worked with college students, um, and then uh, we lived we lived in South America for a few years where I was teaching, and then uh, in Washington D.C. We moved to D.C. after uh, South America, okay, gotcha. and we lived there for a few years where I was doing public policy work, so oh, wow. looking at the policies and laws related to HIV um, and trying to change those uh, specifically for HIV prevention, because Washington D.C. has the highest some of the highest rates of HIV of HIV rates in the whole country wow, and I they, yeah, they rival, uh, some countries in Southern Africa. So it was really, wow. it blew my mind coming from, you know, Southern Africa, which, you know, people talk about, Oh, HIV is so bad, you know, and it's sort of more, it's, it's a little more well known in our own country. We have huge problems. Um, and there's certain populations that are super vulnerable mm-hmm. and I was working specifically with youth in Washington, DC and, um, It was amazing. It was really powerful. You know, I was, I felt like it was, I had this mission, you know, that I was working towards that had a social good. And now I, I, I do feel like there's a social good to what I do. I mean, but it's, it's less pressing. It's less, um, I don't feel driven as much at, at times.
0: So Um, how do you deal with that then? Like as a, as somebody who's done such amazing stuff and like you said, some, some powerful work, right. For the community. How do you balance that for yourself? I mean, clearly you're talking about, I wish I could do more, you know, but in the event that you can't at the moment, how do you, you know, reconcile that?
1: Yeah. That's a good question. Um, it's hard. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I mean, I want to go back to public health work and I, and I, plan to in the future. I'm not sure when that will be. Um, but there's some of, you know, some of my work now is kind of at the intersection of health and ceramics, which is really, I, I really enjoy. Um, so like I do a lot of work. Um, I make a lot of fermentation crocks. So right. These vessels behind you, they're made for fermenting your vegetables, making kimchi, sauerkraut, pickles, things like that, of, of which have a lot of health benefits. And there's a lot of people interested in fermentation from the health kind of uh lens and i do a lot of workshops around fermentation so i teach and you a festival to... too mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so it's like kind of grown like i've taught people how to make pickles and then i work with chefs to do fermentation themed dinners and it's really grown into this uh, fermentation festival. festival which is i think in it's in its sixth year
0: impressive six. nice Thanks. that's awesome
1: and it's grown to this like giant thing i think fourteen thousand people came to the Whoa, festival dude that's like, awesome yeah it's like oh crazy God, people are very interested in fermentation. so um, and, and that's really cool because I founded and now organize this festival and I bring in speakers um, and it's, it's all about education. It's all about bringing all diverse groups of people together to learn, to build community, basically just to share um, around fermentation. Yeah. And that's, the you know, I wouldn't be doing that now if I hadn't had this career in public health and, and health education before. Now, so that's cool. I mean, that's that's something that kind of combines them. Nice. My my public health and my my ceramics background, but I want more. I want (laughs) to do like more of that. Want it all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, it's great. I mean, it's cool to see all that coming together. So. Um, so the last question I have, and I asked the same of all my guests, um, what will you miss the most when you're gone?
1: I think it's like new things. Like I, I'm very curious. So I like going to new places. I like meeting new people, eating new food. Like I love having new experiences Yeah, and, um, yeah, that will end <laughs> when I'm gone. <laughs> There'll be new, no more. So I, yeah, I think, you know, I'm just like super curious. I love learning about new ways of thinking and yeah, it's that, that, that drives me.
0: Yeah, often. Good. Cool. That's it, man. That's the interview. Cool. Well, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for talk. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Check us out at fivequestions.me, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the Apple iTunes podcast store, and check out claycrocks.com for Jeremy's work. Take care.